so I joined the army in '94 and um, and had a great career. I was a sniper in Afghanistan, like like you said. Uh, I unfortunately stepped on a landmine uh, in January of 2007, and and then uh, from there it was uh, it's been quite the journey all of itself. Uh, doing rehab and having some kids and, and all kinds of great stuff. Yeah, well, you, you write about this journey in, in your book. It's called Unflinching, the Making of a Canadian Sniper. And I often wonder, when, when people write these kind of personal stories uh, about what they went through and, and all those dark moments, if it's if it's difficult to do that, if it's therapeutic to do that, what, what was that process like? It's, it's both things you just said. It's difficult, it's therapeutic, you hate it, you love it. Um, you want to you want to throw it in the garbage and then you get it back out of the garbage and dust it off and try again and it's uh, but it's worth it. It's worth it because even if it never turns into a book, you have a chance to get it all out. And I think uh, I think it really helps when you when you go through something like that. You know, I have this fascination with snipers, Jody, as I think a lot of people do. Um, and maybe we romanticize uh, the role of the sniper a, a little bit, but they're a different breed of soldier altogether, it seems. Can you give me some insight into that? Like, what's what, what's uh, different about a sniper than any other soldier? Um, well, we're a bit of a contradiction in some ways. Uh, you know, we work great in a team, but we're also very much loners. Um, we, um, we, we have a certain uh, mindset that we... We don't mind breaking some rules to get the job done, um, you know, but but some rules are never meant to be broken. Um, the biggest thing I've found with snipers, and I'm I'm not an expert, uh, um, I don't think anyway, is that we're 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 more willing to put ourselves after after the the job. And we're also able to detach from the job. So uh, very little of what happens is personal. You're just very task-oriented. It's just... Uh, yeah, like it's just, you know, I got wounded and, yeah, it sucked. But at the same time, I'd have a coffee with the guy that got me, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, right. Yeah. So in, in terms of... You know your your role with the rest of your your colleagues and, and the rest of those soldiers who are there. I mean, you're, you're still part of that unit, part of that team. But there's that that loner element to being a sniper. How does it impact the dynamic, the soldier to soldier dynamic? Um, I don't know if it impacts it. I mean, um, uh, I'm I'm I have just as many friends as anybody else. I would imagine in in my unit, um, but. If a sniper, uh, here's a good example. Uh, one time we were out on exercise and, and the, and the, and the captain was giving his after action report and he said, well, what do you think snipers? And he turned around and where they had been standing, and, I, and this is no word of a lie to me anyway, I, I had seen them standing there and then I looked at him while he was talking and then we all looked back to where they were supposed to be standing and they were gone. And, uh, the captain didn't even miss a beat. He said, well, I guess they're just off doing sniper stuff now. You know, like because the snipers are expected to be there, but not necessarily be right there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like the troops, when I was still a, a troop, uh, not before I was a sniper, you always felt better knowing snipers were in the area. Like, don't, well, as long as they were our snipers anyway. <laughs> uh, you, you know, it was, hey, we're going to do this and that and the other thing, but don't worry, we have sniper support. And it was always, oh, okay, phew, that makes you feel better because. 
you know someone's got your back, even if you can't see them. You said you signed up in 94? Yes, sir. When did you become a sniper? 2001. Uh, the 9-11 happened while I was on course, actually. Huh. And uh, and it was it, it gave a whole new... It, it basically... 9-11, for everything that was terrible about it, breathed uh, new life into into my personal motivation to carry on with my military career. Well, that's it. Yeah. Go on. Sorry. sorry. Well, I was just, at the time, I was having a bit of a crisis of faith, and uh, I didn't believe until that moment that we would uh, actually ever be used for anything uh, useful as a, as a military. That's such a hard thing to, to understand. I mean, we've had this conversation going on this morning talking about, you know, the horrors of war, how important it is to, to remember them, to, to have them top of mind, to show uh, respect and reverence for people who have made uh, sacrifices for this country. But then to speak to a soldier such as yourself, you know, it's, it's fascinating to realize that that's so many of you feel most useful and purposeful in in a theater of combat and when you're not soldiering that's part of the problem yeah well it, you know you just i describe it as you know if you if you have a tool and you don't use it it becomes rusty and 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 neglected and um you can train all day long for years which is what we did from you know, when I joined in 94 until my first deployed to Kosovo in, in 99, it, it's training. And even Kosovo, is, you know, it was exciting. It was a good first time to go overseas, but the actual mission itself kind of sucked and that it was boring. Um, so, and, you know, if you join the infantry and they volunteer army, your party is looking to, for, that, for that action. And, um, and, and, and I definitely was, I was always one that was, okay, I don't care the politics around it. I'm not, you know, worried about, I, you know, even to this day, I've never been a woe is me guy. Like, why did I get wounded and was the mission worth it to me? I was sent on it by my government. So of course it was worth it. Um, and yeah, so we, we would fight over the positions on the tours, you know, because there's only a certain amount of positions. And I don't mean like a big brawl would break out. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we'd be in there in the adjutant's office saying, no, no, I need to be on the list because I need to go and I need to, you know, be part of the team um, because you want to go. You know, we're not drafted, right? So I think it's part of the part of the tragedy of something like World War One, the staggering numbers are, are part of it, but also a lot of them were, were draftees. Yeah. Who answered the call and, and stood up and represented their king and, and country, but not necessarily because they wanted to. If yeah. that, you know, if you're tracking on what I'm saying there. Yeah, no, I get that. I, I, I picture all you guys, it's like a hockey team. You want the puck, right? You're on the ice, you want the puck. That's it. And I've described it that way several times. Like, imagine being a hockey team that just does drills the whole, <laughs> all, all the time. And then they go, oh, there might be a game next week. Uh, no, the game got canceled. You know, uh, yeah. and that's kind of what you do. You're waiting for the call, and once you get it, you you know you're excited to go out and prove yourself and 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 see if your drills work on the ice. That, that day in in 2007, when when your life changed forever, how, how much yeah. of that do you remember in terms of it actually happening? Uh, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now what... I, uh, I I didn't go unconscious, um, and uh, probably saved my life not going unconscious. Really? Uh, yeah, well, I was able to control my breathing and stay aware of my surroundings. So, you know, I didn't go into shock. And uh, well, I did later, but not at the moment. I didn't. And 
you know, uh, the situation we were in, it probably would have killed me if I had if I had gone into shock. So, uh, how, so ma- how many of you were there, Jody? Yeah. So there was the four of us. It was my 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 three man sniper team, and then uh, my boss, like our overall sniper commander on the tour, had come along, and um, and it was just a normal patrol. Well, normal for us. Nothing we hadn't done a dozen times in the week leading up to what we were doing, and on this one, uh, you know, unfortunately, the the gods of war weren't with me that day, and I ended up stepping on the landmine. There's another poor person who, who's intimately connected to this story. Uh, Master Corporal Alana Gilmore is her name. That's right. Uh, someone you yeah. become very close to. How, how does she well, factor in here? Well, so Alana is now my wife. And we have two little girls, but she was, um, she's retired actually, and she retired as a sergeant, but she, uh, was in charge of the ambulance that evacuated me from the battlefield. And that's sort of how we met. She'd always wanted to date a sniper, right? Well, <laughs> yeah, like real men, of course. <laughs> you know, um, you know, so, uh, <laughs> so she was one of the last people to see me on the battlefield. And then um, that was January, and so then in uh, September I was back in Petawawa, and so was she, and we ran into each other, and and uh, you know she chased me around for a couple months, and I finally let her kiss me, and uh, <laughs> and it's been a history ever since. Okay, but does she compartmentalize? I mean, uh, I don't know. How to say, I I'm I'm always careful with my words when I, when I'm speaking yeah. to someone I respect as much as I do uh, you, but. Jody, you don't seem to be um, carrying a lot of trauma of that event in this conversation we're having right now. Well, I tell this story um, uh, a lot. Yeah. And um, and Alana, she wasn't as lucky as like you know. I went through my stuff, and today I shed a few tears at the at the at the National War Memorial, but. Uh, it was a little easier for me in that I I caused the damage and I was causing it to people I don't know. Um, for her, her job was to pick up the pieces of us. Right. So anytime she responded to an incident, most of the time it was someone who dressed like her, looked like her, probably knew her by, by the first name or knew, she knew them by their first name. And she had to see the worst that war can do to her friends. Um, And I saw a fair number of my friends get hit as well, but it was, my job wasn't to try and save them, I I guess, in the same way that a medic does. I would try and save them by being the sniper doing overwatch and preventing them from getting hurt in the first place. But for Alana, you know, it was her job to clean up the mess. And I think, you know, it it did hit her uh, a, a little tough. It's been, uh, well, I guess eight, eight years since, since that happened. And it was a very long ordeal for you. I mean, from what I understand, just, you know, recovering from those kinds of injuries, uh, dealing with, with painkiller addiction as, as a consequence of all of that. Uh, this, this, this went on for some time for you, didn't it? it it's, it's still really an ongoing situation, isn't it? Sorry, say that again? Just in terms of, of how long an or- ordeal this was for you and, and recovering from those injuries and learning to walk again and, and battling the, the painkiller addiction that resulted from, from going through all of that, how, how, how long and trying a process was this? Oh, uh, you know, 
I think some days I'm still processing uh, to a certain extent. I don't know if I'll ever be completely over everything. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, it took me a good solid two, three years to process stepping on that landline. That's for sure. I always say Jody was wounded on, uh, or the soldier was wounded uh, January of 07, but he didn't die until, you know, uh, fall of 09. What do you mean by that? Well, it, it, it took me that long to really get that my career was done as it, as it was. You know, um, perhaps I could have continued to soldier in other ways, um, but unfortunately, you know, the way things went, you know, soldiering's done on your feet. Right. And, um, and I don't have any anymore. And, uh, but it took me a good two and a half years or so to, for it to really sink in, for me to really realize, like, hey, man, you're going to have to figure out a, a new calling in life. Yeah. So you've done that. You, you, you know, sit on, uh, <laughs> well, no, but it's, it's interesting because you sit on Ottawa City Council. And I mean, I can't think of a more noble way to serve than, than the first, uh, uh, you know, chapter of, of your life, uh, in your, your service in the military. Um, but here you are continuing to, to serve. You're now a politician. Yeah. You know, for its bum rap, the one thing politics is, is service. And, um, and, uh, they, uh, the, the, the service to your community is, is a big part of, of it. And, and for me, losing my ability to serve as a soldier was very, very hard. And, uh, and when someone pointed out to me that the politics could be a new way to serve, I actually went after it with a lot more vigor than, than I, than I knew I had in me. And, um, and you know, I was talking to a buddy today and he said, you know, you're the, you're the poster child of transition to civilian life and everything. And, you know, I've been really lucky and I think I've had a lot of support from a lot of people. And I think any soldier needs that, that's trying to, you know, trying to, trying to move on with their life. We well, started a foundation as well, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I started the never quit foundation. It's not necessarily that active right now, but again, this is all part of trying to find your place in the world once you've lost it. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the foundation, uh, we're hoping to, to do something in the new year. But, uh, you know, again, it's, it's, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta find something to do with your energy. And the, and, and the, and the one thing I managed to find was the, was the foundation gave me a sense of purpose and it helped me help some of my brothers and sisters. So uh, let's uh, let's work a plug in for your book here because because uh, <laughs> it's, it's an amazing book. It's called "Unflinching: The Making of a Canadian Sniper." You know, what are people going to get in this book? Are they going to uh, what's it a story about? Well, it's about a young lad born in Kitchener who decides to join the army and and all the adventures in between and um, right up to stepping on the landmine and 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 the and my life since right up until last year. You know, it was it was a, something I did as much for myself, more for myself probably, to be. It was very therapeutic writing it, yeah. and um, you know the story that I've been told it it, it delivers a certain amount of. Never, you know, never quit became my motto, and the, and you see it in the book. And there's a certain amount of just my follies. Like it's definitely not a Jody is awesome book because <laughs> uh, there's a lot of my warts in there and a few of my scars, probably more than I should have 
uh, put out, but you know, I wanted it to be real. And, um, and I think I, and I think I managed to achieve it. And if it turned into a good book, but it more started as, as a, as a way for me to express my, what I was feeling. Did you tattoo never quit on your body somewhere? I know you got a lot of ink. You got some pretty badass ink too. I'm working on it. (laughs) I'm working on it. I'm, I'm, I'm working up the courage to actually get that, to get that, um, to get that tattooed on myself. Yeah. All right, well, people can go to unflinchingbook.ca. They can find out more about the book, more about you there as well. It, it is uh, quite a tale, Jody. And uh, thanks so much for, for all your service, and, and thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, guys. I really appreciate it, especially on a day like today. Absolutely, Jody. Thank you uh, f- uh, for your service. Appreciate it. Sir. Thank you, guys. Take right. care. That is uh, Jody Middick, uh, former soldier, former sniper, current Ottawa City Councilor, always serving, and uh, author of Unflinching, The Making of a Canadian Sniper.